Hello everyone, this is Deepak Singhal. Welcome you all to the channel of Vidya Guru. And here we are going to start a new series of current affairs. Though the other series are already going on, but this is one of the series which I'll be taking. I'm Deepak Singhal. I'll be taking your series for all the important affairs which are important for any government examination which you guys are preparing for. And the most important thing is that uh, it is on the channel of Vidya Guru. Vidya Guru is the only institute where education actually matters. This institute offers you both the online as well as the offline options for preparation. If you are seriously preparing for banking or SSC CGL, then this is one of the greatest choice which you guys can go for. I'm associated with this institution for more than seven years and I have seen with my eyes that yes, this is the only institute which produces the results. And that is what you guys actually want. This is the institute which not only prepares you well for the examination, but also gives you test series. And yes, my dear, the test series offered by Vidya Guru and the team, they are carefully crafted, taking into account the changing patterns of the examination and also the changing patterns of questions which are generally asked by um, any of the government institutions. The current affairs which I'll be taking today, do not take it as if these current affairs are only associated with banking awareness or SSC CGL. I am teaching you current affairs from the holistic manner and these current affairs, my dear, are very important for any government examination which you are preparing right now. So without wasting time, let's continue the class and start discussing about the important factors of the December month which happened today. But before that, if you haven't liked the session, then please like it, show your some respect and love. Please uh, shower your love over me. And if there are friends of yours who are also preparing for the same examination, kindly share the session with them also. And if you have not subscribed the channel, then please subscribe it. And also press the bell icon because I don't want you guys to miss any update of the current affairs, which I'll be posting regularly on the Vidya Guru uh, YouTube channel. Apart from that, uh, all the important offers, all the important courses, if any will come in future, I'll be talking about them also. But uh, if you want to know about our courses, the numbers are already there in the description box. You can go for it. So the very first current affair for today's class is the report, which has been published very recently by the World Health Organization. This report was published at the 14th World Conference on Injury Prevention and Safety Promotion, which was held in Australia. According to this report, which is titled as Preventing Injuries and Violence and Overview. It was recently released by WHO. My dear, uh, as far as this institution is concerned, this institution showed us that what are the reasons why the deaths happened. And according to that, out of 4.4 million injury-related deaths which were occurred in 2019, Unintentional injuries caused 3.16 million deaths, whereas violence-related injuries caused 1.25 million deaths. Apart from that, according to this report, one in every three deaths were because of the road traffic crashes, and one in every six deaths was because of suicide, one in every nine was because of homicide, and one in 61 was because of war and conflict. My dear, the most important thing about this report was it actually aimed at discussing that whether these deaths are avoidable or not. And if yes, they are avoidable, then it is the right time for the countries to think upon it, that what are the factors through which these deaths can be avoided. As far as this institution has concerned WHO, this institution was created on 7th of April 1948. This is the date when WHO was founded 
again because this institution was in news so i think that they can ask you something about that headquarters of who is in geneva and geneva it is in switzerland so this is the headquarters of who again very important thing so all these things are very important apart from that the parent organization under which who comes is united nations so the parent organization is un which is united nations apart from that let's continue and discuss something more about the next current affair the next current affair is the again the report which has been published by fao which is food and agriculture organization my dear this report was published on the occasions of world soil day which is celebrated every year on december 5th my dear when such days are asked it is very much important for you guys to remember the themes of such day so as far as the theme of world soil day is concerned 2022 the theme is soils where food begins This is the theme of World Soil Day 2022. This World Soil Day is celebrated every year uh, on 5 December. Again, very important. Uh, apart from that, uh, the report which has been published recently by them is Global Status of Black Soils Report. This is how the black soil looks. My dear, according to this report, black soils are characterized by thick, dark colored soil, horizon rich in organic matter. They are extremely fertile and the most important thing about black soil is that they are having highest moisture storing or retaining capacity. This is what they are famous for. They account for 5.6% of global soils and contain 8.2% of world's soil organic carbon, which is called SOC stocks, which is equivalent to around 56 billion tons of carbon. Very, very important. So this report generally titled about the need in order to save the black soil. As far as the black soils in India is concerned, we know that black soil is also called rigur soil in India. Why we call it rigur soil? This soil is also very much good for the cotton production. This is the reason why it is also called cotton soil, black cotton soil, because this soil is very good for the cotton production. Again, this is the second most highest soil which is found in India, and it is generally found in the areas of southern region because black soil is generally found uh, from the weathering of such rocks which are black or basaltic in nature and such rocks are generally found in peninsular part of india again very important but apart from this because institution was discussed here which is fao food and agriculture organization again it is very much important for us to know when this organization was established and where is the headquarters this institution fao my dear it was established on 16th of october 1945 as far as the headquarters is concerned the headquarters is in uh, rome italy the headquarters is in rome italy and the parent organization the parent organization again is united nations so all such details are again very important for you to cover again let me remind you if you have not liked the session my dear please like it show uh like your love and support always or always gives me enthusiasm to give you such important details again 
all my sessions are equally important for any government examination which you are preparing for i always take the session from the bottom this is what the speciality of these sessions are i try to cover all these news from the scratch all i require is just your love and support if you have not subscribed this channel so far kindly subscribe it my dear and also share it with your friends who are preparing seriously for this examination now continue the class with the third current affair which is again very important on december 1st the supreme court of india which is the apex court of india it exempted maharashtra tungreshwar wildlife sanctuary from its june order so what was the order of supreme court in june my dear on 3rd june 2022 the supreme court directed all the protected forest and national park even the wildlife sanctuaries across india that they should be having a mandatory esz which is eco sensitive zones of minimum up to 1 km so what is this eco sensitive zone according to supreme court this eco sensitive zones are set up around the protected areas because they are shock observers they generally these areas will act as a transition zone from the areas with high protection and to those areas having the lesser protection so in this way this is very very important to create the eco sensitive zones so any national park or protected field will have a core area the core area is that area from where any kind of human intervention any kind of human entry is banned then we have the buffer area buffer area is the area where you can allow the human to visit but again the mining construction activities are not allowed then after the buffer area this is what the supreme court ordered the national parks to create this is the eco sensitive zone for up to 1 km although there are some more technical details out of this session but i'll not be taking every one of it it is very much important for you guys to remember that very recently supreme court exempted the maharashtra wildlife sanctuary which is tungareshwar wildlife sanctuary that it uh, there is no need for this wildlife sanctuary to create 1 km of eco sensitive zone this is what the supreme court order is all about again a very important uh, i would say thing which supreme court uh, where the supreme court eased the restrictions so it has paved the way for the supreme court to ease the restrictions for some other wildlife sanctuaries and national parks though the judgment was very much detailed i will not be talking about that what are the key factors under which the supreme court exempted maharashtra tungareshwar wildlife sanctuary i i will be doing a separate session over it and i will also be explaining about that are there some possibilities for the supreme court to exempt other courts or other areas from it then we have the fourth current affair the inaugural edition the inaugural edition of silhet silchar festival very important is it is silhet silchar festival was uh, organized recently in the assam's barak valley now what is this festival all about my dear this festival aims to strengthen the bilateral ties between india and bangladesh which is called silhet Sil sorry silhet silchar festival and uh, the cultural ties between india and bangladesh this is what this uh, this festival was talking about this was the two day festival which was jointly organized by india foundation which actually comes under the union ministry of culture and bangladesh foundation for regional studies and this event actually commemorated the 75th anniversary of india's independence along with 50th anniversary of bangladesh liberation from pakistan again this is very much important so by organizing such festivals you actually explain india actually gives out a very strong message to the world that we are actually focusing 
the great cultural ties, the great neighborhood. We are actually talking about some kind of uh, cooperation in every field with all our neighbors. And India is a good friend, I think. India is a very good friend because we always help out the neighbors like Bangladesh, Nepal, Sri Lanka. Whenever these countries, they fell in distress, for example, you must have faced that how India helped Sri Lanka in order to come out of the economic crisis, which was uh, there because of China's intervention and China's, uh, you know, wherever the China has intervened, be it Nepal, Bangladesh or Sri Lanka, China has completely destroyed their economies. And it is a great respect for India that whatever these countries have done to India, India have India has never turned its back to these countries. We always help them whenever the time is. Now you guys will ask me, sir, why it happens? Why India is such a great and generous friend? Because this 21st century is not all about generosity or friendship. My dear, it is very much important for India's own sovereignty, unity and integrity. Suppose if Sri Lanka is gone, suppose if Sri Lanka is economically destroyed completely and is overtaken by China, what do you feel that China will not use the territory of Sri Lanka to spy over India? And whenever I use the word spy, you must have got this point that very recently a notum, a notum was issued by Indian Navy. Sorry, uh, a notum was issued by India. And this is the notum, which actually means the notice to air missions. What is this notum all about? Under this notum, we actually talked about that India will be doing something like a missile test. And nowadays there is a, uh, you know, there is a spy ship of China, which is called Wang Yuan, which is recently now in the sea in order to take the debris of Agni-5 missiles. Though we have not said anywhere that we will be testing our Agni-5 missile. But China is very keen on taking the debris of Agni-5 because China wants to know about that what are what is the technology utilized by India in order to make its Agni-5. So again, we are not in a mood to share the technology. And this is also the reason that why every world in this country, in this earth, every world over this planet, they, sorry, every country over this planet, it actually fears that, that uh, their technology should not be stolen by any other. And if the question is about China, then Chinese are also very, very, uh, I would say, scared about their technology being stolen by any of the neighboring countries. So continuing the class to the fifth current affair, it is talking about the state government of Maharashtra, my dear. And the state government of Maharashtra recently approved the formation of a separate government department, which is called Divyang. Now, what is the uh, actual meaning of Divyang? Divyang in English means differently abled. The announcement of this development came on the occasion of International Day of Disabled Persons. It actually uh, comes on the day of International Day of uh, Differently Abled. Very important, International Day of Disabled Person. So uh, this is uh, very important because according to this, uh, 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 according to this day, this comes after 20 years of demand for a separate department. Why? Because uh, the state of Maharashtra was constantly demanding that uh, why the Maharashtra is not having such day, why the Maharashtra is not having such department, which is totally created for differently abled personalities. My dear, as far as the International Day of Disabled Persons is concerned, it is celebrated every year on 3rd of December. This is something which you guys 
must know about so the divyang department will work for the welfare and security of the differently abled person but what used to happen earlier earlier uh, the complaints of differently abled people they came under the jurisdiction of social justice department and it was headed by the ministry of social justice and empowerment which was there in maharashtra so with this maharashtra government of maharashtra has approved it and it is very important step which i feel uh, for the field of divyang if you want to actually develop divyang this is something which is very very important as far as this day is concerned international day of persons with disabilities or international day of disabled person which is celebrated every year on 3rd of december uh, this day was first of all celebrated by united nations in 1992 so uh, very very important and as far as the theme again the theme of this day is concerned the theme is transformative solutions for inclusive development transformative solutions for inclusive development this is the theme of this year's international day of disabled persons taking the glass forward to the sixth current affair in this current affair my dear we are talking about the fifth edition of european union and india competition week it was recently held from december 5 to 7 this year in new delhi so what is this uh, competition week all about my dear this competition week is organized every year in order to provide a platform for exchanges between a european commission director general uh, for competition and competition commission of india so under this competition week uh, actually it builds on a mou memorandum of understanding on cooperation in the field of competition law and this competition law was inked by european union and india in the year of 2013 so in order to improve the competition law every year you have this competition week so in this competition week various memorandum of understandings various new new things are generally exchanged between commission directorate general of european union and competition commission of india which is cci again so here the word comes cci which is the competition commission of india the questions can be asked from you guys that uh when the competition commission of india was established where is the headquarters of it then it is very much important for you guys to remember it that the competition commission of india was established in the year 2003 on 14th of october that is the complete date of it headquarters of competition commissions of india it is in new delhi because this institution was in use so i am covering all these details as far as uh, the competition commission of india is concerned the objective of this is to enforce the spirit of competition across india so this is the chief national competition regulator in india and my dear it comes under the ministry of corporate affairs this comes under the ministry of corporate affairs this is what the competition commission of india is all about so taking forward the class to the seventh current affair my dear very recently the researchers in iit madras they have developed and deployed a system which is called sindhuja first 
Now, what is this Sindhuja first? As you can see, this uh, boy which is floating over the sea, my dear, inside this boy, you have a hole. And from this hole, you generally have a rod which is connected to the sea bottom. And this rod is generally called spar. This rod is called spar. Spar is not moving, but this boy is moving up and down because of the sea waves. So this is what the technology which has been utilized by IIT Madras. So what is this technology all about? So this Sindhuja first is capable of generating electricity by using the energy from sea waves. It was very recently deployed some six kilometers from the coast of Tutikorin in Tamil Nadu in the Bay of Bengal, where the sea depth is about just 20 meters. So Sindhuja first is an ocean wave energy converter that is currently capable of producing 100 watts of electricity using the sea waves. But its expect means its expected capacity can be scaled to one megawatt in the coming three years if the technology does well. So what is this technology all about? My dear, you have a floating buoy and a spar which is connected from the center of it to the bottom of sea seabed. So generally, how the electricity is produced here, and you have an electrical module also, which will transfer the electricity which is produced here. So the spar is fixed to the sea floor so that it is prevented from being moved by the sea waves. But this ensures also that the buoy moves and the spar does not. So this kind of a movement results in the production of a relative motion. For example, if this is stationary and this is moving like up and down, so it, it is a kind of a relative motion between spar and buoy. And this is how the electricity will be produced. So the electricity will be produced by an electric generator using this re relative motion between spar and buoy. This is what the technology is. So if such things can produce the technology or can produce the electricity up to one megawatt, then you guys can expect that how India is rapidly, rapidly advancing to the field of development. I do not need to tell you how this is going to have a revolutionary impact over the electricity here, because with such things of electricity, you guys will be able to reduce your carbon emissions. And if the carbon emissions are reduced, because we know that maximum electricity in India is produced by thermal power plants. So if by any chance you will be able to less or you will able to decrease the burden over thermal power plants for electricity production, then it would be a very great step for India if India wants to achieve its sustainable development goals. And this is how India will be, uh, I would say, acting as a precursor in not only reducing its carbon emissions, but we will also be doing great in the field of electricity uh, generation. So continuing the class to the eighth current affair, and this is talking about the new report, which is the Energy Outlook Report 2022. My dear, the Energy Outlook Report is released, is uh, released by Global Clean Energy Research Provider, which is also called Bloomberg NEF. Bloomberg NEF, which is Global Clean Energy Research Provider. And the report analyzed the net zero scenarios or pathways that limit the global warming to 1.77 degrees Celsius above the pre-industrial level by 2015 with 67% assurances. If you guys are not aware with this, then let me tell you, there is 
UNFCCC, which is called United Nation United Nation Framework Convention on Climate Change (UNFCC). As far as the United Nation Framework Convention on Climate Change is concerned, my dear, it was established as an international environmental treaty. It is established as a treaty to combat the climate change, and it was uh, means it became effective in the year 1994. So from 1994 onwards, it decided that every year, all the countries which are there in the treaty means who have signed this treaty, those countries will be called parties, and these parties will be meeting once in every year, and their meeting is termed as conference of parties. So very recently, we organized the conference of party number 27 in the Egypt city of Sharm el Sheikh, Sharm el Sheikh city of Egypt. Sorry, but before that, there used to be one scope, scope number 21, which was organized in the year 2015 in Paris. And in this Paris, we signed an agreement which is called Paris Agreement. The Paris Agreement said that that we need to control the global temperature. By 1.5 degrees Celsius to 2 degrees Celsius above the pre-industrial level by the end of this century, but according to the according to the present scenario, with the way the countries across the world they are increasing their emissions, it is unlikely to achieve this target. So this report just analyzes that we are whether we are going to limit the global temperature to 1.77 degrees Celsius. above the pre industrial level by the end of 2050 and the assurance of uh, getting that is just 67% according to this report the greenhouse gas emissions from developing countries especially india it focused is expected to continue is expected to continue to increase until the end of 2030 according to this report india like countries will reach their peak of greenhouse gas emissions by 2030 and then after 2030 they will start declining their carbon gas emissions or their greenhouse gases emissions but we do not accept this according to the indian government we are doing relentlessly in order to reduce our carbon dioxide emissions according to them countries like europe sorry the countries like in europe united states of america australia japan they have already peaked their greenhouse gas emission in 2022 and after 2022 all these countries will be rapidly decreasing it according to them china also peaked in 2022 and it will stabilize for some years and then after it it will trying to realign with the developed country trajectories so limiting the global temperature rise to 1.5 degree celsius it is not easily achieved it cannot be easily achieved this is what the major i would say crux crux of this report that you said na that you need to limit the temperature by 1.5 degrees celsius to 2 degrees celsius by the end or or by the pre industrial level then according to this report it is unlikely to be achieved this is what the global reports are all talking about my dear there is one more report which is saying that if the global greenhouse gas emissions they continue to rise just like what it is rising today then the arctic ocean ice cover will completely be melted by 2050 and it will just become like indian ocean or any other oceans like atlantic or pacific so this is how the climate change is affecting human race and all the other biological diversity around the world heading forward to point number 9 and this will be the last for today's session 
a report which is titled as future of the food agriculture drivers and triggers for transformation report was released recently by fao we have already talked about the foundation date of fao the headquarters of fao and this report was published on december 2nd my dear this report analyzed the current and emerging drivers of agri food systems and their possible future trends according to this report the world is expected to witness persistent food insecurity yes persistent food insecurity degradation of resources unsustainable economic growth in future and why the report is saying because according to the report this all thing is going to happen because of russia ukraine crisis and also because of the covid 19 things and we know that even today in china the covid 19 restrictions are on so according to this report it is unlikely to meet 2020 sustainable development goals, including the agri-food targets, if such things are going to rise. For example, the crisis-like situation is not resolved. And if, according to this report, the COVID-19 restrictions, they continue to rise across the world, then it is unlikely to achieve the target. This is what the report actually talked about. So the major crux of this report is that we actually need to do a lot if we want to attain the sustainable development goal 2030 this is what the complete report was all about and this is also the end of my session we covered in total point number nines and i'm showing you all the points in quick recap if you haven't covered them And yes, again, before ending the session, would like to tell you one thing that as a team member of Vidya Guru, and actually, because based on my experience of all these years, I'm associated with this institution, I would seriously recommend you guys, if you are seriously preparing for government examination, to go and check out the Vidya Guru team, check out our results, and also have words with all the institutions, all the students who are, uh, who are already studying with us they will they will tell you the real results that you produce we're actually doing a lot of things for you guys to improve it is just all your trust your love which we all need so if you haven't subscribed the channel it, it's my last request to subscribe it and also press the bell icon if you seriously like the session kindly like it show your love and support for me so that i should be coming with such more informative sessions in, even in the future without any fail this is what I would like to tell you uh, for this evening. So thank you guys. We'll see you in the next session very soon. Till then, goodbye. Take care. This is Deepak Singhal signing off.